Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans and uh, with me to discuss uh, uh, the Arsenal game and uh, the game that is happening currently and the forthcoming game that is happening at the weekend is top radio producer Mark Sandell. Hello, Phil. Hello, Mark. Uh, well, uh, we'll talk about these games, uh, the Arsenal game, the game that is happening tonight, which is against Wimbledon in the Caribou Cup and uh, our game at the weekend against Wolverhampton Wanderers. No easy games this year. No easy games. Possibly Cardiff is our only easy game. Uh, also, we'll talk about uh, how the new signings are settling in and the word of the year Mike I think is gel everyone's saying gel gel will the players gel how long does it take the players to gel will they gel how can Pellegrini make them gel it's this year's woke I think. Uh, and what's the point of a pre-season if that's not what you're trying to get players to, make, to do? No, exactly. It's an old-fashioned exactly. idea, isn't yes. it? Yes. Give them yes. warm-ups in games that don't matter. It's a feeling that they're not gelling in these first uh, three games. Uh, many footballing terms obviously have to do with hair and hair products. Uh, Alex Ferguson, obviously, the hairdryer. The hairdryer. Uh, fringe players. Uh, fringe players. Uh, England's uh, best crop of players since Euro 96. Um, uh, England's England's number one who in fact uh, used to be Joe Hart, who advertised hair, hair products. And of course, uh, last year we heard a lot about crew. And the parting of the ways. The parting of the ways, exactly. Mourinho and Manchester United. It surely must be around the corner, that parting of the ways. They hate each other. Uh, so gelling, we'll talk about that. And, um, and then we'll talk about all that other stuff. But first of all, so we've played three games. I've been to all of them. Uh, and Liverpool... Uh, was um, that was insipid? I would say it was. It's you know we've we've talked about it a bit, so we won't go on about it. But but any one of the kind of shit teams of the last couple of years would have lost four nil, and so people were quite impatient about the Pellegrini revolution. The Bournemouth game was strange. You know we sort of started very badly, 
for the first 10 minutes, we just didn't seem to be in it. But then the first half, we sort of dominated and we got the penalty. It was great. And then we fell apart in the second half when mm. they equalised. This game of the weekend, the Arsenal game, um, disappointing. Somebody on, a, on the Facebook page said, you know, they saw the result, hadn't seen really any of the coverage uh, and uh, said, so should, should we be angry? And, uh, and I, I said disappointed was the feeling because we we were in that game and we did well in it and we showed something at last of what what this crop of players might be and we had lots and lots of opportunities um and uh we didn't put many of them away you know but the the public face on these three games is we are improving that that's yeah. you know yes we Liverpool fair enough you know that's the way it goes Bournemouth not bad for a half as you say and then but we never really once we went two one down we never really looked like we were going to come nobody I don't think anybody in the stadium no. thought that would happen no and I'm assuming I wasn't at Arsenal but I'm assuming when they scored their second goal you didn't really think no even though there were chances weren't yeah there? I mean, it, you 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 felt that the the chance to equalise was there. Um, but that somehow we weren't going to take it. It sort of felt that the tide had gone in Arsenal's favour and sort of against us. It was a shame. Um, I, I felt quite strongly that if we had done better in those previous two games, literally one or two of those chances would have gone in. You know, there were, there were shots from uh, Antonio, uh, Perez... A sort of one-on-one with Snodgrass, which wasn't that wasn't nailed on. He had a bit of work to do, and the keeper came out and sort of spread himself pretty well. But one of those, I think, with a bit more confidence, would have gone in. I think because we needed it so much, all of those players snatched at those shots a little bit. You know, it became a little bit sort of oh shit. You know, Antonio hit a kind of just a daisy cutter when he could have done a lot better. Um, you know, obviously Snodgrass, you know, Snodgrass has a good shot on him. He's got, he's good at kicking the ball, but the keeper got a hand to it and that, you know, that didn't go in. Uh, also, a good time to play Arsenal. You know, yeah. A time when they, you know, they've obviously, they lost their first two games as well. There was a, a lot of nerves around. A yeah. mate of mine who was at the game said that, you know, every time Felipe Anderson ran at Bellerin, there was a, there was, you know, a nervousness around the, you yeah. know, the stadium. Uh, they, they clearly were worried about it as well. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so to, to, as you say, not to take those chances. That thing that Pellegrini said after the game when he said that we should be going to these places and feeling like a big team. Yeah. And clearly we didn't. And that's your point about confidence as well, isn't yes, it? If they, if, if they don't go in and feeling that. It reminds me of a good few years ago when we lost so many times to Arsenal. It seemed to me that whenever we played Arsenal, anyone just turning up in a red and white shirt was enough for us. And it was when Paolo uh, came and suddenly it looked like Paolo said, well, I think we can beat Arsenal. And I remember that fantastic game game, when he just chipped it over. Was it Keown, wasn't it? And then sort of, and it was all of a sudden, and it, okay, I'm not saying our results, we won every game after that, but suddenly we felt like we're competing with Arsenal. Is that the same game where they did the celebration where Ruddock and Wright recreated Paolo pushing the referee over? Oh, no, I think that was against Southampton, funnily enough. But I think this was, I think this is when Paolo just chipped it over Keown and put it in the, in the the, the top corner. Seaman, I assume, was that we're, was the yeah. keeper and it just suddenly turned something it was as yeah. if right like, actually we, we fancy ourselves to do this it endorses your point that had we I don't know not that it was ever likely but let's say we got a draw against Liverpool and a beaten Bournemouth you're right maybe yeah. Arsenal as nervous as they were 
And that settled oh, I them think it down. would have been a different yeah. game. It would have been a different game, I think. The, those shots were definitely kind of snatched out a little bit. Uh, though, obviously, um, uh, Arnautovic had a couple of chances um, that, that he missed. Um, but his finish was very good. Uh, Beautiful And finish. a good move. The turning point, though, isn't it? Was that the moment when you, you sensed we weren't going to win when Arnautovic went off? Because yeah, a lot a of people bit. say that yeah, seemed yeah. to be the moment when the focal point had gone. And he also looks like, if you go back to the De Canio argument, he looks like a player who doesn't mind who he plays against. He, no. he thinks he can live in that kind of company yes, quite absolutely. happily. Yeah. And he wouldn't necessarily say that about some of his teammates. That did seem to be a bit of a blow there. Yeah, yeah. We saw, we saw something of these players now for the first time. In the first two games, we were, we were kind of, you know, certainly, uh, I think probably on this podcast last week, after the Bournemouth game, I was saying um, I expected Anderson for £40 million to be a little more influential, not just a sort of winger, you know. And uh, certainly the first two games, he faded terribly, um, but also kind of stood on the touchline waiting for the ball. And you go, well, you could get Matt Jarvis back for, you yeah. know, a million pounds and, you know, well, 500,000 pounds and get him there. Cause that's all he ever did was, was sort of, you know, show the appearance of willing by standing on the touchline going, give me the ball. And the rest of the team going, it's not as easy to do that, Matt. Why don't you come and get the ball? In this game, we, we did a lot of breaking and, Anderson broke with pace and... Um, and linked up with Arnautovic beautifully, didn't he? Linked up very well with Arnautovic, yeah. I mean, I, th- I thought, I think it's interesting how quick some of the West Ham fans are to judge, you know, after, yeah. the, after the, you know, you, you could make any judgments after the Liverpool game other than that defensive high line is probably not a great idea. No, no. You know, there was, it was the first game. Fair enough. First game, yeah, you know, we lost the first game last year. Got, you know, got, got stuffed quite horribly. And in yeah. fact, we lost the first three last year, we didn't did. we? Um, second game, I thought, well, and certainly the view about Anderson was uh, that he's safety first. He's, he's, not, he's not willing to take anybody on. He's not mm. willing to, he just wants mm. to make sure he plays it back. Don't, don't do anything wrong or anything like that. And the mutterings you heard after that was, we paid 40 odd million for yeah. that. Well, I think we saw a decent sign of it against Arsenal. We did, yes. And in fact, uh, there were sort of improvements all over the park. Uh, I mean, Antonio, I think he's been injured so much that he's got to... I think Pellegrini's got a bit of a conundrum because I think I think the only way Antonio will get better is to play. Uh, so you can't just drop him for bad performances. Um, however, I sort of think a 60-minute substitution for Yarmolenko... Or the other way around, start Yarmolenko and have Antonio off the bench. Um, could be the way to go. You know, I think, mm. I think Yarmolenko looks like he's got something. His little cameos in all of the games have looked good, mm. I think. He's, he's willing to keep the ball and run with it and see where that gets him. Quite often it is sideways across the pitch because no one's making runs ahead of him. But uh, I like the look of him. Um, Antonio... You know, was poor in the Liverpool game. He did the sort of worst of Antonio, which was get the ball, run with it, you know, beat a couple of players and sort of just run to the point where he's in a kind of defender sandwich and falls over and the ball goes out for a throw-in. And know. didn't see a terribly pressing need to come back and try and 
retrieving. No, no. There was no right. particular urgency to no. do that. And I think that's what wound a lot of people up. And then as a result, he was dropped right out of the squad. He I mean, was, yeah, yeah. Not even on the bench for Bournemouth. Yeah. That's right. It's funny, wasn't it? That, yes. the, the sort of droppings were quite odd. Uh, as after happened to uh, Ogbonner in this game, wasn't it? We yeah. Nobles was injured, wasn't he? Yes. So yes. fair enough. But Ogbonner yes. went straight out of the squad. I mean, that might be... We sort of felt that the the, the Noble sort of back injury... Might convenient. have been a slightly convenient, exactly. <laughs> a slightly kind of convenient story because it it became apparent that in quite a kind of brutal putting a band-aid on a cut, the Sanchez uh, oh, yeah. had to happen. Yeah. You know, in, the, in a couple of seasons ago, I can't remember if it was the last season or the previous Billich season, um, we were just shipping goals right, left and centre. So Billich went to three central defenders, went to a, a back three, and it immediately ameliorated the problem to a degree. You know, just more blokes in the middle of the defence. Similarly, you kind of went... You make football sound so simple, Phil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, to, you know, like... I think we were doing last week's podcast. Sam Allardyce was literally the most, the, the simplest tactician. Get the biggest human being in the world, put them in Papa the way, Booba Diop, yeah. and get him to stand there. And it might take people longer to walk round him, like those big redwood trees they have in Canada that they have to cut a hole through for cars to drive through them because they're so big. Um, so, yeah. Similarly, at the end of the Bournemouth game, Sanchez came on, clearly had a job, stay in front of the back four. And actually, the closing stages of the Bournemouth game, though, it never looked like we were going to kind of... Well, uh, it didn't look like we were going to concede again, though. No, that's And right. that was what Sanchez brought yes, us. You're absolutely right. right. And he, I think he had to be in there yeah, uh, yeah. to start against uh, Arsenal. He was one of the <clears throat> one of the most promising aspects of, uh, of that game. Yeah. That's now the, the wisdom, isn't it? Yes. And the I wisdom think... is Noble, Noble and Wilshire cannot play together, yes, isn't it? That's yes. just now accepted fact now. Very interesting. I mean, there were, there were uh, good performances... Um, in that Arsenal game. Wilshire, strangely, you know, in the game that's kind of set up for him to kind should of... Should have been fired uh, you know, Should have been fired But it, I think what made it difficult for him was that um, Anderson played in a kind of, sort of came inside. Uh, he wasn't played on the wing. He was played much more in a kind of inside role. So Antonio and Snodgrass were the wide players. So and so so Anderson had a sort of free role, you know. And was much um, more influential. And was far more yeah. influential, exactly. So he was coming inside. I think Snodgrass's sort of instincts are to try and come inside and affect the game. So in a sense, uh, Jack Wilshire was slightly crowded out by those two. I don't think that's a problem. I mean, I think, you know, the more creative players in that last sort of third of the pitch, the better. But I think they will have to kind of find, you know, roles for those guys. Because Wilshire, in a strange way, was crowded out of his own game, even though he was nominally, I would say, probably in that number 10 role. Was he affected by going back there? Because, I mean, it seemed to me that the all three, well, maybe possible session players, certainly Fabianski had got a good reception as I understand yes, he it. Did, yeah, and yeah. did did Jack Wilshire? I mean was he because um, it can affect people in different ways, can't oddly, it? Wasn't it? I mean, you know, they are a funny crowd, Arsenal. We went to the we um you know uh we played Arsenal immediately after the announcement that uh, Wenger was gonna retire and it was his last season. The West Ham fans had to sing songs about Wenger. The, yeah. the Arsenal fans couldn't process it, didn't know what to do about it, and were really confused. I mean, they literally didn't sing any songs about Arsenal Wenger, and the West Ham fans started kind of going, 
one or something. There's only one. I said, should we do it for you? Because yeah. they, they just didn't know what to do. And I think they sort of didn't really know what to do about Wilshire either. That he got, in a way, got quite a kind of ambivalent sort of response because I think they didn't know how to sort of react to uh, the... Because it, it, can, it can sort of almost neutralise some players. Mm. If they get a really, you know, think the hostile reception fires them up. There clearly yeah. wasn't a hostile reception. I was thinking of... Um, Tevez Carlos back Tevez, to, yeah. yeah. Carlos, who I think... The actually, fans marked him out of the game. Who actually, I think, that was the return of the old Cross Hammers salute. Yeah, I think Carlos yeah. Tevez doing it that day. I don't yeah, recall yeah. it being massive currency no, no, before no, then. No, that's right. But when it said, you know, when they did the match announcer and finally number 32, welcome back, Carlos, Carlos Tevez. Tevez. The, the place, place roars yeah, and he yeah. gives it the old Cross Hammers to all yeah, four yeah. sides of the yeah, ground. Yeah, it was amazing. It was, and, I, you know, but, and it did neutralise, as you say. We, yeah. we, we marked him out of the game and after an hour he had to come off, didn't he? And he was one of the most effective players. It was brilliant. I'm not saying it was the same kind of loving. I don't think the Arsenal fans perhaps feel the same about Wilshire no. as we did about Carlos Tevez, which is odd given how long he was there. Yes, yes. But you do think that maybe, you know, like some sort of, uh, you know, diamond type thing with uh, Sanchez at the back of it and Wilshire at the tip might be might be the go. Um it was not a bad problem to have that mm. that 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 Wilshire was a little quiet in that game. You know, all of his touches were good. He you know he keeps the ball very well. He's he's a good player. He, you know, he helped with all the build up play, but he was not influential, possibly because Anderson was so influential. Um, one of the you know the revelations <laughs> is Snodgrass is uh, you know yesterday's man is now kind of back yeah. and he was um whatever you think about him he was good in the game he was very influential he um he was trying to encourage the rest of the players to press he got very cross when he ran at somebody who had the, like Bellerin or someone who had the ball and sort of no one else really did he was going we have to press as a team mm. if we don't press as a team you know they will just me running at them is not going to make any difference. Uh, he was fired up. He he has good touches. He's not quick. I mean, that's a sort of no. Uh, Yarmolenko looks like he might be a little bit quicker and quite predictable in that checking back, isn't mm. he? When he when he goes wide, you know where he would like it to yes. be, yes, and yes, yes. Uh, and which I imagine makes him not that I would know, but he, uh, slightly easier to mark. I also think he realizes that this is his chance. I mean, this yeah. is his final chance at the at the at the highest level. He's he's uh, hasn't he pulled out the Scotland squad or something? Yeah, he's already yeah. Selected there's some sort of that he wants to stay there. and be. Yeah. You know, he wants to and and fair play, Pellegrini clearly has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, faith in him, and as I you say, if he's showing that degree of commitment, yeah, I mean, I think in, I think Pellegrini probably, you know, from his background, is going to be impressed by players with a certain degree of technical ability. So when he turns up at West Ham United, and they all go to Chadwell Heath, and this guy with the beard has a good touch and has a good passing movement. He just thinks, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a guy. He's a nicer guy. I play him. <laughs> um, in a similar way that you know we sort of said about Billich. In fact. Um, Mark Webster made a very good point on this podcast when Billich turned up and saw Antonio for the first time. Billich's brain was just thrown into confusion by this guy that doesn't really have much technical prowess and much football guile and just didn't like him. Was going, well, one thing I could do with him is I could make him a right back. Mm. That might be something I can do with this guy. Mm. And, and, how, uh, and how did that work out for you, yes, Sarvan? Exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, 
I mean, one thing I thought about the Arsenal game is I, 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 I did think that the, the, the Masuaku sort of loving might be over because I thought Cresswell in that position <clears throat> would simply do all of those aspects better. Yeah, and again, going back to that, uh, the mercurial nature of West Ham fans making judgments based on one game. Clearly, Arthur Masuaku is the is the villain of this one, isn't he? He's the one that that seems to be the the, the most bit, moody. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, the one yeah. that's got to go. It does when you look at Cresswell's even just his stats. Never mind how well he's played. It it does seem odd that he he's not in the frame. And as far yeah. as I'm aware, there's, there's no injury here, is there? Is I'm, I'm I don't aware. Know. I don't know. He he wasn't even in the squad on, right. uh, for Arsenal, which was. Seems strange. I he you know Masuaku clearly has a lot of ability, but he's he's not a defender. He he, uh, you know when a ball goes when he, when a ball comes out to an Arsenal player, he sort of runs out and then he stops about six yards away from the player, giving that player all the latitude to do anything he wants with the ball. You know they always go, don't go touch tight because then you can be turned. But you know maybe. Two yards would be better. Masuaku runs out, you stops. More, and in, then... more in spitting distance, you mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. exactly, exactly. Maybe, that's the, maybe, he's, maybe he's worried about. Exactly. Maybe he's worried about saying words with s's and p's in. And uh... he hasn't really shown since he came back from that ban, has he? He no. hasn't been because there was a time when he was he was the cult hero for a little while, wasn't One he? One game, the, the Chelsea yeah. game. Yes, and, the Chelsea and, game. And all of a sudden, it was Arthur, and the songs came out away from home, and all that kind of thing. Did that little outrageous bit against Bournemouth, didn't he? When he flicked it round. Yeah. And yeah. went, went and ran round the other side. Notable by being the only time he did it. True, uh, mm-hmm. but it was, and I just, I again, there's a sort of post honeymoon feel about Masuaku, isn't there? That you yeah, know, they're, they're, there's no longer quite the love there. No, no. We're just going to take a quick break, break now, and uh, we'll be back after this. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrokes. Hello, welcome back. Uh, This podcast is brought to you in association with Ladbrokes to check the latest offers and prices created especially for listeners to this podcast. Go to bet.westhampodcast.com. Ladbrokes, that's at bet.westhampodcast.com. Bet.westhampodcast.com. And remember, when it stops being fun, push on through. Push on through. You could always find an extra couple of quid from somewhere. Lady Luck's capricious gaze will eventually turn your way. It has to, Mark. Borrow some. It has to. Exactly. Just the law of averages. We've got to turn a corner. It has to, surely. Just one more time. No, no, I'm joking, of course. I'm joking, of course. Do whatever you want to do. But do it responsibly. Not you, Harvey Weinstein. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, Lapbrooks, Lapbrooks, do whatever you... You must you must make your own decisions, and I say go to bet.westhampodcast.com. And remember, when it stops being fun, it's no fun anymore. So, um, yeah, so um, so lots to like about that that Arsenal game. Um, Do we feel the rate of progress 
is, you know, there's a a sense because you were at the game and I wasn't at the game is that you there's a sort of optimistic tone in your voice you know that you you know you'd hope so wouldn't you i mean well yeah but i mean you, you know you're not one to be optimistic if there is no reason to no do it. no absolutely and we've got wolves yeah you know yeah. Uh, who we saw how well they played against man city and that is a side that have bought well yeah even by also by keeping the nucleus of the team that, that that took them up as well they're clearly an exciting side and they're clearly on top of the game but what i'm saying is that rate of progress has got to Come yeah. up quite a notch. What in the next we few could days. really do with is a run in the cup. Is maybe. a morale <laughs> boosting <laughs> game on this very Tuesday night that you and I are sitting here speaking into microphones. Uh, Jim, uh, in a little Facebook conversation on the Facebook page that goes with this podcast, uh, was was on a thread saying, um, "You know, I, I I I suspect we'll win this week's two games, and a lot of pressure will come off." Now. At the, just before we started this podcast, um, Wimbledon, uh, AFC Wimbledon, had scored in the second minute of the game. On the uh, official West Ham app, it said 7.45, go on you irons, and then 7.47, 1-0 Wimbledon. And it is still 1-0 to Wimbledon, Ollie, our engineer, tells us. Oh dear. Okay, uh, well, we didn't, a morale-boosting cup, well, we didn't say which cup. No, you know, no, no. I mean, there's another one coming. Along. There's cups. another one coming yeah. along in January. There are other cups. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, there's always yeah. another cup. I mean, we've got the Betway Cup under our belt. Well, uh, so. Already yeah, secured. Already secured. secured. We've got silverware for the season. So, um, in the uh, in the Evening Standard, uh, London's Evening Standard, um, one of the uh, the Wimbledon players, uh, James Hansen, says. Uh, I always look forward to the physical battle, the 30-year-old told the standard. I have stitches, broken noses, but you give them out as well. This is one of my strengths, being as physical as I can be. West Ham have a lot of foreign players who have not played in this type of game before, and we want to make them as uncomfortable as we can. Hopefully we can get some service and cause them problems at the back. Good to, he, good to see the Wimbledon of old. Yeah, he should just be handed a red card, surely, as he runs out onto the... Or a yellow card. Just be given a yellow card as he comes out on the pitch as a little warning. Um, um, oh, dear. I mean, I you know, this it would be great to go out and just cream a lower division team as a confidence-building you know, thing. It, this seems a shame. And it's a, it's a strongish team, isn't yeah. it? I mean, there's no... I don't know. I haven't seen it. Yeah, Who's, well, Yarmolenko's um, starting. Right. Uh, 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 um, uh, Perez up front. Uh, Chikorito's playing. Right. You know, it's it's uh, the, the the back four is easily a back four that he could have played in any of the, the league games. Yeah. I think Diop is playing again. Yeah. Balbuena, I think, if he's not, he's, he's, he's on the bench. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, yeah, it's yeah. a recognisably strong side. I mean, Josh Cullen's on the bench. Yeah. Uh, but apart Apart from that, Holland's on the bench. Apart from that, every player you would recognise, you know, they're they're all. It's 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 by no means he's can, can anyway accuse him of not taking the competition no, seriously. No, 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 absolutely. Right. In a way, I mean, with the squad with the squad we have now, any team should be a strongish team, shouldn't it? I mean, you know, Yarmolenko and, and yeah. Perez at the moment are understudies, but they're you know they're proven quality footballers and. Yeah, God. Um, Still, that will. Yeah. Um, so the rate of progress, as we were saying, yes. if yeah, we just yeah. ignore this little blip here, but it is—it's going to be a tough game. I just wonder what the atmosphere is going to be like on Saturday because yeah. I think you're right. People were clearly a bit fired up, and if we had had a little bit more belief, you never know. Even a point would have done us. We even had yeah. that chance to win when it was two-one to Arsenal. Yeah, you know, was that there was the there was the chance there? Suddenly, you think, well, a point from Arsenal, yeah, all right, yeah, absolutely. You know, suddenly, all, yeah, suddenly, yeah. we're not we're not the embarrassing team with zero points, the no. last ones to get off. I just think it'll be. It'll be jangly, won't it, on Saturday? It it'll will. Be, yeah, it'll be. Yeah. There'll be a, you know, and we know. 
know they're going to be well up for it. And, uh, and, and of course, sadly, I know we keep going on about it, but it doesn't feel like home advantage. Doesn't it? We haven't quite got to a point where you think, yeah, we're, we're, no. we're at home. No, we're at home. You know, no, we're, we're we're nowhere near that at the moment, and particularly when you're looking for a run. I know you've covered this ground before. Yeah, but no, no, no. But it is nature nurture, isn't it? it is, I mean, the um, Everton was so sort of had their flip flop flops on on the last game of the season that we felt in control for the whole game, and the atmosphere was very good. Um, you know, it felt like we were playing well. We were not really in any danger of losing that game. We won it three one, and it was um, a celebratory kind of last game of the season. And I think um, uh, the things become jangly, don't they? When mm. when you sense that the other team is coming into the game and we're unable to respond to them and, and yeah. look lost look confused and there are no sort of leaders out there so all, all things being equal where what would you know we've talked about muscle work and maybe not you know maybe you'd, you'd prefer Aaron Cresswell but what what you know would you are we going for Diop and Balbuena what, what, what's, what's okay. our kind of ideal you know the I, the the, Bal, the Diop sort of own goal I mean he up until he, then it sounded to me like he was playing he really was right, well the, yeah. the commentator on Five Live was saying he's had a really he's good a, debut yeah absolutely and then suddenly uh, well he he tried to stop the ball going out for a corner um, I think somebody had slid in and uh, you know protected our goal by kicking the ball out for, for what could have been a corner Diop happened to be on the sort of touchline so so hoofed it upfield but unfortunately hoofed it vertically about 100 feet into the air it came up came down and went straight back into the danger zone and then a cross went in off Diop and I mean you slightly think these those things happen I mean it was sort of um you know if he had his time again he would have probably just let that go out for a corner they do they do but again the, the commentary suggested that for a period after that he couldn't do anything right because it was clearly it clearly had kind of rattled yeah. him a bit like um, was it Lindelof was it or the the other night you know all of a sudden he makes that back pass and suddenly he can't can't yeah yeah he's, he yeah. looks like you you'd want to take him if you haven't just put him on you'd want to take him off yeah absolutely um and I, but I, I i just thought he's young he is young you know and he's a giant yeah uh, he's very athletic i think I think he looks good. I think he looks good. Um, I like Balbuena. I think he looks looks a good player. Um, could have been sent off against Liverpool, but you yes, know, he yes, could. Yes, true, but you he know, yes, you're right. I do. I do. Um, so then, so if we go with those two, yeah, I mean, you've know, got to sort of yeah. pick. You've got to sort of you know pick a team, don't you? And I think that team sort of did enough uh, to probably go again. I would. However, because we we've acquired these players, uh, uh, Yarmolenko especially, I think it. You know. Either Snodgrass or or Antonio, um, he should have an eye on replacing one of them with Yarmolenko on sort of sixty minutes or mm. something. Mm. One thing that came out of the game was obviously uh, we were profligate in front of goal. Hernandez is our best goal scorer in the team. Um, certainly against Bournemouth, I think Yarmolenko came on for Hernandez, and I was thinking. No, bringing Yarmolenko on is the reason to keep Hernandez mm. because we want He'll players. Supply. That, He'll supply. Yes, we yeah. want players yeah. that are going to move the ball into their penalty area because that's Hernandez's territory. And um, similarly, I think um, Hernandez is getting runs where he's replacing. Uh, you know, he replaced uh, on out of inch mm. up front and didn't get great service, did not have people sort of close to him the whole time. He is, he has one talent, which is fox in the boxness. And you have to play to that, that sort of 
that talent, which sort of means playing him up front with another, playing in a four-four-two or something. You know, that's that's you can only play that way. And uh, it seems a shame that he can't be included. You know, it's sort of when he's brought on. I think you need to change your formation. Not just change the plan, not just go, oh, we'll take Hernandez off and we'll bring Hernandez on. It's a different footballer who plays a different way. He's not just a shorter version of an out of No, no, no. No, there were balls played onto the top of Hernandez's head against defenders that he's never going to beat in the end. As if he was Alan Atovic. We, we, are, we are very reliant on Alan at the moment. We are, we? yeah, yeah. yeah. In, I mean, incredibly so. And until, well, I mean, we, we, I think he's 50-50 for Saturday on Atovic. Mm. He's certainly not playing tonight and not involved um, in, in tonight's game. But if he doesn't play, it would be interesting to see where he goes there. Yeah. Because he's obviously given Perez a run out tonight. And yeah. in fact... Chicharito as well so it'd be interesting where he goes with that because we haven't got a lot of options there no we don't no we we could have done with another striker in the kind of uh, summer window I think um, so interesting so um I guess it's time to talk about the the Wolves game. Sorry, I went early on that one. Well, sorry. we have in a yeah. way been talking about it uh, <laughs> no quite rightly um, yeah I, I mean he he has to. I mean, one of his post-match interviews, he was like, you know, maybe I haven't found my best eleven yet. Uh, maybe after the Bournemouth game, uh, you know, we're, we are only three games in, but he does have to, I think, start sort of nailing his colours to the yeah. mast with certain players. Going, you're my boy. You know, that's you know, footballers sort of thrive on kind of confidence, and and you know, if everyone sort of feels that they're they're kind of they're temporarily filling a position. Uh, I don't think you get a good team that way. You know, it's, it's the lack of pace, isn't it? You think that most teams, you know, you know, Fulham and Wolves, for example, have bought well and bought fast players. Yeah, you know, yeah. and we haven't really done that. No, I mean, Felipe's not slow is he but you wouldn't no. say he's not lightning no he's not no and and wolves are you know wolves move the ball really really quickly yeah and and and, and that obviously concerns us you yeah know, it should yeah. concern us um i think it, what he's clearly identified is that felipe should play further in yeah and he can be much more influential and we've established that his partnership with anatovic is worth an awful lot yeah, and, yeah. you know that's a, a potent threat but anatovic may not play yeah, you know, so it it will be interesting to yeah, to, yeah. to 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 see where he goes with that, and uh, you know, you just feel that if they if they go out with the same intent that clearly they showed against Arsenal, that could take us quite some way. Yeah, yeah. Um, you certainly feel that. You know, at times we've seen us play Arsenal, even the Arsenal in that kind of Carabao Cup game last season. You know, both Jim and I were saying when they get possession, they switch on, don't they? They there's pace there. They immediately go into kind of attack mode. We haven't had that for a long time. We've had sideways passing, plenty of time for the other team to organise itself, and we move the ball very slowly. Um, you know, those uh, Josh King and Callum Wilson, the two Bournemouth guys, they are quick, fast, and strong, and win Bournemouth. You know, when, when it's turned over, uh, they switch into attack mode very, very well. They have fast players and they move the ball quickly. You couldn't imagine a scoring a goal like Tottenham's third against Man United. That was so quick I out of defence. It was well, it was yeah, just a yeah. fabulous, fast I'm and breaking sure goal. Was, Admittedly, yeah. again going back to your point about West Ham against Arsenal, this was a Tottenham side now brimming with confidence. Well, that so, mystery new guy who scored didn't he score yes. at least one of those More, games? Yeah, yeah yes. And, and he was like a sort of winter transfer window buy, yeah. wasn't he? That I'd never heard of. Yeah, he was so, fantastic. Yeah. But, yeah. What I'm saying is the the speed with yeah. which they turn that yeah, around yeah. against uh, you know Man United okay at the back but they're not again they're not slouches and I just would love to see us play with that kind of pace Absolutely. but I don't know where that's going to come from. Well, you you um, 
because of Antonio's kind of shortcomings, if Antonio breaks with pace, someone's got to be up with him demanding the pass. Otherwise, Antonio will run towards the corner flag, bump into the corner flag. <laughs> and make his way up the stand. <laughs> yeah, yes, yeah, that's right, yes. Yeah. And the ball will go out for a goal kick with the other team. I mean, it's just, it's essentially, you know. Um, when he doesn't have time to think about anything. That cross Antonio puts in for the Andy Carroll bicycle yeah. kick last season, it's, 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 it's dropped on a sixpence. It's the perfect height for him to do that bicycle kick. It's fantastic. And I think it's just when Antonio has more than one second to think about something, all the possible things he could do flood into his head and he picks the wrong one. I'll take your point about Slavon Bilic and the way he decided that he might end up being a right back or a, a wing back and everything. But that last season at Upton Park, Antonio scored goals, didn't yes, he? Yes, absolutely. And he that really seems good. to have gone. Yeah, yeah. That ability, I appreciate that he's not been playing in the same position, but that was what was great about him was you felt there were goals coming from other places. He was this know. strange maverick player that you could include because because we had technical players like Lanzini and Pae and uh, then around them it, they made Cresswell and Noble play better. So you had some really intricate attacking moves including those four guys and Obiang if he was playing obviously Song if he was playing. And then you had this kind of wild card Antonio who in a way was was uh, the new um uh, you know, the Chelsea, uh, Moses, the mm. new, uh, Victor Moses, um, you know, slightly perhaps less good than Victor Moses, but Moses was very similar. A bit of a kind of sole trader that's gonna, whatever he ends up doing, he's often started it and it's come with a brave run up the flank and seeing as far as he gets. And sometimes that results in a cross or a shot or something. And, and Antonio took his chance when Moses got injured and was a revelation, was yeah, a revelation. Yeah. However, in a team lacking kind of technical ability from other areas of the pitch, he's a bit exposed because it ends up in sort of nothing. You know, it ends, the moves end up in kind of nothing. There was a terrible one last season against Swansea when Ayu ran parallel with him up the pitch and he could have squared it. And I think he lost us points. I think Antonio lost us points that game because that was a nailed on goal. He only had to kick it sort of two yards to his left and the keeper had committed himself. And was it last season, was it Southampton? When uh, well, the first three games we lost on the, we lost the first three games of last season. One was Southampton. I'm yeah. pretty sure that was the one when it was two all and Antonio could have just played it off into the corner. Thanks very much. We yeah. get a point and we were on the board. And didn't he put the... Palace. Was, was it Palace? Sorry. Palace. He squares it. Yeah. Yeah. That just, was insane that uh, yeah, game. Absolutely. That game was bonkers because we were sort of in the driving seat. Um... They started trying to run down the clock with about 15 minutes to go. Lanzini and Antonio, they got a free kick and they tapped it to each other and thought they were just going to stand there for 15 minutes with the ball, you know, nursing the ball. What what the fuck are you thinking, you idiots? And then similar thing, like um, Antonio, yeah, came up. People were running up. He, He actually just cut it back to an attacking, you know, Faguli or somebody who was, who was demanding the ball. He crossed it to James Tompkins' chest, who chested it down. And then I think the keeper just picked it up, kicked it the length of the pitch and they scored a goal and they equalised. It was mad. That was just brainless, wasn't it? Yes, it it was insane. It was insane. Anyway, um, predictions. Oh, blimey. I'm going to go draw. I'm going to go... Uh, I don't know why I think that we're going to restrict Wolves to only one goal, so I'll go one all. One all. Yeah. I, I think I predicted a draw for the Arsenal. I was sort of hoping for 2-2 two, two or something, and there, there seemed to be a time on Saturday when it might be 2-2, two, two, but nah, nah. Oh, God. 
A nervy 1-0 win. A nervy 1-0 win. That just shows where we come then, because the last few times I've been on there, you've usually gone for 4-1. I know. And on a couple of times, you were actually right. I know. I know. (laughs) Oh, when will those days be back? Remember those... Those days when woke was the word that everyone said. Those were the gel. days I and could confident. Now it's gel. Yeah, yeah. Uh, all right, that's it for this week's Stop Hammer Time. My name's Phil Whelans. With me has been Mark Sandell. Thank you. Come on, you irons. This is a playback media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Stop Hammer Time is backed for this season by Ladbrooks. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.